Ladies, gentlemen, and everybody else, welcome to the Tales of Hope podcast. This is your host, Nick McNamara, and I hope there's not an echo coming in. We are recording this in a different room. We are actually in the audiovisual room in the second floor of the library. This is a pretty nice setup, but yeah, welcome to the show. If this is your first time listening, why are you starting on episode, this is episode number six now. Oh, my guest knows. Wow. Um, Go back to the very first episode. Listen, you can hear a little bit more about me, who I am, what the show is going to be about, and then start from there. We've got some good shows already. You can find us, Facebook, Tales of Hope Podcast, Instagram and Twitter, at Tales of Hope Pod, YouTube, Tales of Hope Podcast, not Tales of Hope anymore, because when you search Tales of Hope, I found you find a bunch of animal sites. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I wanted to differentiate us. You can also find us on Anchor, both the app, just look Tales of Hope, or the website, anchor.fm slash Tales of Hope. Through that site, we are now on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. If you just go to the Anchor website, you can there's a button you can click on that takes you right to all of those. Very... Very special guest that we got here today. I see him just about every day. <laughs> Very regularly. Um, he is research librarian, correct? Correct. Awesome. Glad I got that right. And for once, a guest who has not graduated from Hope College. This is true. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mike Donato. You nailed it. Yes. You nailed it. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm very excited. Happy you said yes to this. Totally. Um, So, you looked at the show notes. You've listened to the show. You know where we're going to start. Take us back to the beginning. Beginning of of me? Yes. My life? Oh, man. Um, So, I mostly grew up in central Illinois. Okay. But I was actually born in Arizona. Okay. Lived there for less than a year before we moved to New York. Okay. We were in New York for a few years, and then we settled right in the middle of the country, (laughs) the very exact middle almost, of Springfield, Illinois. Well, from one end to the other and decided in the middle. and we ended in the middle. (laughs) My dad worked for IBM, and uh, I I, I think the joke is back in the day was, I've been moved, is what that stood for. Uh, And so, yeah, ended up right in the middle, and that's kind of where my formative years took place, growing up there. yeah, it was nice. So. Okay. I've lived in a lot of states in my life. So, you know, talk about that. What was that like, kind of not settling down? Right. Like, I don't I don't remember Arizona at all. Okay. That was less than a year. Um, New York, I remember a little bit, but mm-hmm. mostly Illinois. Um, I played a lot of soccer growing up. Okay. I, being a librarian, you may be shocked to find out that I like to read quite a bit. <laughs> Shocker. It's a real shocker. Um, my friends used to joke that I didn't know my way around town because I was had my head buried in a book anytime we were driving around, so I didn't pay attention to where the streets were. Right. <laughs> so, so, yeah, growing up there was good. And okay. since then, I've lived in Minnesota for a while for work. Okay. I went to one of my master's degrees uh, in English. I got in Valparaiso, so in Indiana. Okay. I worked at... My first job at a library school was in Ohio, so I was in Ohio for a year as well. Wow. I bounced around a You've lot. been everywhere, man. Yeah. Just touring around the Midwest, you know? Okay. So, you know, talk about growing up, 
Sure. Just kind of like, I guess aside from the bouncing around, just yeah. your life in general in the beginning. So my mom, my mom's a teacher. Okay. She uh, taught like third grade through like sixth grade at various times. So mm -hmm. she eventually became a reading specialist. Okay. My dad worked for IBM. So I remember putting together like actual computers back in the day. Like wow. He had me really into that like okay. growing up just because that's, you know, kind of what he did that's growing cool. up. That's cool, yeah. So, yeah, always, always really enjoyed technology and just, we went to the library a lot and that, you know, it's shocking, right? Right. Really out of character for me. Um, but I played a ton of soccer. I okay. played it competitively, did travel for a long period of time. What position? Uh, I started as center mid, ended up playing in the back line pretty nice. much. Center, center back. Mm -hmm. um, I really liked soccer. I got kind of burnt out playing it year round right. with travel and yeah. things. But oh, yeah. Oh man, like as a center back when you when you get the ball and the man and it's like you do it just right, yep. there's nothing more satisfying oh, yeah. than a nice crunch on somebody. <laughs> Seriously. Such oh. a good time. Um so yeah, that was you know, growing up played lots of sports. Mm -hmm. I played basketball. Okay. Do you follow you follow basketball? Oh yeah. NBA? Big basketball fan. Do you do you know who Andre Guadala is? Mm-hmm. I played basketball with him in get sixth out grade. Of here. I have an Iggy jersey. Maybe really? No way. Yeah, he's from Springfield, Illinois. Oh my god. Sixth grade, Isles Elementary, on the blue team. That is awesome. Andre Iguodala. Yeah. Holy cow. Now, now NBA champion. Mm -hmm. And he was a really cool guy. Like, there were two teams in that school. There was blue and gold. Mm -hmm. They were fighting over Andre. Whoever had Andre was going to win. There oh, was yeah. no question. You could tell back then, like, if anyone is going to the NBA here, it's mm -hmm. that guy. Like, he just changed the game. Like, just oh, so yeah. long and lanky, even then, like, in sixth grade, just dominated things. But what I remember the most about him is, is I, was, I was good, but I wasn't great. Right. You know? mm -hmm. So in our most important game, blue versus gold, our same school, we're winning. We're up. Mm -hmm. Andre's killing it. We're doing great. I haven't played at all. I'm okay with this. Because <laughs> <laughs> I wanted the team to win. You know? Right. But... Andre comes off for a quick breather, quick break, you mm -hmm. know, just as quick as we you know, give him a little breather while oh, we can, exactly. get him right back in. Yeah. He says to the coach, he's like, coach, not everybody's played, referring to me. He's like, not everybody's played, but get him in there. And I'm like, that's totally fine. <laughs> that's really, really nice of you. Like, super nice of you. Right. But I am totally fine with us just winning. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I thought that was such a, like, a kind-hearted awesome. and thoughtful thing. And like, mm -hmm. to have known someone who now is... A millionaire who's played with Steph Curry, right. who's won the NBA championship. How humble and a good person he was, even back then in the day. And like now that you're talking about that, it makes sense thinking of him coming, you know, from Philly, where yeah. he was, you know, sure. amazing and right. starting every single game, even in Denver. Right. Then he comes to Golden State. I think he started the first year, but then he's decided, you know what? Right. I'll, I'll take the bench. He'll do the six-man role. Exactly. Put the team first. That's just the, yeah. That's what you can see it manifest throughout like his career. Oh like, gosh. isn't that wild? That's awesome. This is kind of weird because <laughs> you listen to Greg Mitchell's episode, so you know you're now the second guest I've had who's interacted with an NBA star. That is wild. Yeah. That is awesome. So, yeah, sixth grade. Isn't that nuts? <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. So usually when I mention Springfield, Illinois, people are like, oh, The Simpsons or mm, Abraham yes. Lincoln, you know, mm -hmm. and, and I like both those things, but I, I think about <laughs> that's where Iguodala's from. <laughs> and I'll, uh, one other thing, I remember mm -hmm. he, he, we would give him rides to practice every now and then, and uh, 
my mom used to make brownies. And so mm-hmm. we, you know, bring treats along things like that. And he's like, dude, your mom makes the best brownies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I always think of that anytime he's playing or anything. I think he watched the NBA. I'm like, this is so weird. That's awesome. Yeah. So, okay. So that was, you know, younger. What about high school? High school. Um, so I was still doing soccer at that point. Okay. Still doing competitive soccer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did some scholastic bowl as well. You know, okay. not it's totally out of character for a librarian <laughs> to be interested in everything and things like trivia. Right. Um, oh, yeah. That was fun. Uh, to connect back to The Simpsons, um, I always think of one of the Scholastic Bowl meets I went to, they had a Simpsons category as like the bonus at the end. Okay. One of the questions was, what is Sideshow Bob's prison number? I knew this. <laughs> because I had seen the play Les Mis, the character oh. sings about prisoner number 24601. Yep. That is Sideshow Bob's prison number throughout the show. Oh. Simpsons are very literate. Oh yeah. <laughs> Man. Yeah. Oh, huh, that's pretty cool. So that's a, a really weird high school thing that I think of. You know, oh, yeah. Something but. like that. And then even going going forward after after undergrad, um, I had professors write letters of recommendation for me, things like that. And, mm-hmm. and one of the letters said, uh, by my favorite professor in undergrad, Dr. Savoy, it said, Michael is as well-versed in Shakespeare as he is in The Simpsons and knows where the two meet. And I was like, that's true, I am. <laughs> You just kind of does yeah, yourself yeah, off. You know, that's, that's totally fair. <laughs> that's awesome. So that yeah, that's kind of weird. Weird Springfield connections there. Huh? Um, so yeah, high school. That's about all I did. I took a lot of AP classes. Mm-hmm. I'm a I'm an English major. I took a lot of AP literature. Oh, yeah. Those were my absolute favorite. Um, that's where uh, uh, one of my most formative education educators that I've worked with in the past. Uh, Daria Nice just really showed me how cool literature was and, and nice. really got me into studying it and mm-hmm. things like that. So it's, I have fond memories and that's molded okay. a lot of my life. You know, right. Just what happened there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So what kind of, you know, like, I guess what era of literature did you enjoy studying and reading about the most? No particular era. Okay. Um, that, that course was British, British literature. Okay. Let me put this a different way. Probably my most favorite literature course I've taken throughout. You know, I have two masters and my undergrad. Yeah. So I've had quite a quite a few options. Um, it was fiction relating to the Vietnam War. Okay. So all books that were written about Vietnam mm-hmm. or you know by someone who had been there. And what was really cool was my professor Ed Euling at Valparaiso. Mm-hmm. He was in Vietnam. Really. So we got to hear about him talk about his experiences mm-hmm. and I thought that was just a really interesting once an interesting time in the world yeah the 60s 70s all the protests the hippies the everything going on in the world everything going on in the world it's a tumultuous time right and just so interesting to hear all that and to then hear from a guy who's actually been there right who's teaching us wow um, he t- he explained that he was a very good typist Mm-hmm. So he actually didn't go into into the the field very much. Okay, but he he talked about how he almost one of the other guys there almost shot everyone in camp by like just accident. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Like somebody just made a mistake. 
That's the closest that's, he came to that, dying in that's Vietnam. That's a pretty big mistake, I would say. Yeah, but the lesson oh. I took from that is uh, make sure you're a good typist. <laughs> <laughs> For a variety of reasons, that's one. You right. might prevent you from going into war. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's one way to look at it. Yeah. <laughs> but I loved okay. everything, man. I loved... I remember reading Pride and Prejudice, and I was like, oh, that's going to be you know, girly or something. Mm -hmm. I loved it. It's oh. brilliant. It's hilarious. Jane Austen, Victorian... I love Shakespeare, of literary criticism, mm -hmm. all those things. Nice. Um, so, yeah. I'm sure you enjoy having access to all of that here at the library. I do. And so, like, one reason I came here is I get to be the humanities librarian here. Okay. So I work specifically with English and philosophy and religion. There you and go. Languages. And so those are all my people. Those are all my favorite subjects. Right. I got to do a, an instruction session with the literary criticism course today, and I was just geeked out about it. You oh, know? I'm sure. Like, showing off a little bit, like, you know, say, oh, you don't know Jakob von Uexco? No, I do. <laughs> and even explain, yes. explaining uh, his theories to Curtis Grunler, who has been here forever and teaches, has taught literary criticism for like eight years in a row. Like, even he didn't know some of the things I was talking about. Wow. So it was a very pleasurable experience for me to, oh, I'm sure. to just be all up in that. And I mean, I'm just sitting here thinking... You know, all of this knowledge, two masters, one undergrad, you're not even that old. <laughs> like, how old are you? I'm 34. 34. Yeah. And you have all of this. Yeah. I love wow. to learn. I'm all about it. That's amazing. That's why I like being a librarian. I just get to learn different things. Right. I'm naturally curious. I have to know things about religion courses and philosophy courses and history. I need to know how to do research and all those things. All right. I work with students and learn from them. Mm -hmm. I just get to learn for fun. And that's it's hard to find something better than that for me. Exactly. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's why I like working in academia. And I feel like I can really help people. Exactly. And also, I get to learn. So it's a win-win situation for me. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I mean, especially at a small college like this. Yes. It's not one of those things where you've just got to, you know, like if you have a student come up to you at the research desk, you can spend a lot of time helping them Absolutely. and getting to know what exactly they need as opposed to we have a 10 person line so right. tell me what you need i'll send you over to the next person and mm -hmm. they'll help you right so people like that's one thing that attracts me attracted me to hope mm -hmm. is that it's a, a small tight-knit community the liberal exactly. arts are so important and are a great way to go and and i you know might help that student and then see them a couple hours later on campus. And exactly. that's nice too, you know? Yeah. Just so you can form those relationships and have that communal sense. Mm -hmm. All that stuff matters. You're not a number here. You're like an actual person. And that, I think, is important. God, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Write that I'm one gonna, down. I'm going to clip that. Trademark that one. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So, since we're on the subject of college, walk us through your college years. Sure. Um, so, my undergrad is from Southern Illinois. Okay. Um, I started as a business major. Okay. And I took microeconomics. Mm -hmm. I was like, this is what this is? <laughs> I don't like this at all. <laughs> Sounds like me with history. I like, wanted to be a history head major yeah. at first. I take a cultural heritage. I'm like, forget this. I'm done. No, thank you. <laughs> Changing direction. Exactly. Veering course. Oh, yeah. But, you know, I thought that'd be practical. Exactly. You know? And there's that balance between what do you want to do, what's mm -hmm. practical, how do you negotiate that and find the right balance that's right. fit for you, right? So I figured out the business was not nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well, Very quickly. Oh, yeah. I was like, I can do this, but I don't really like it. 
Yeah. You know? And I wanted to do something that I liked. Exactly. So, changed that. Became an English major. Loved that. Eventually uh, minored in psychology. Okay. I, I took so many psychology courses as my electives that I could have double majored if I'd stayed in a little bit longer, but I was wow. ready to be done at that point. Oh, but, yeah. Like, those were fun for me. Like, mm -hmm. that was, I chose those over, like, you know, something right. easier. Yeah. So I loved that. Um, yeah, I, I wish, you know, that was really good. Uh, undergrad was great, but I wish I'd been a little bit more involved on campus and things. And I went to a, like a larger public institution right. like that. Yeah. And so I wonder how things would have been if I'd been somewhere like Hope, where there is that community. It's easier right. to get involved, I feel like, to find your, your pockets and things like that. So that's something I always think about. Um, so did that for undergrad. I took a little bit of time off after that. I worked at like an insurance company as like a temp. Okay. Mind-numbing. <laughs> Not super exciting. I'm sure. It was like verifying codes on fire mm. safety. I can't even say what it was. <laughs> I've tried to forget it as much as right. possible. Then I, then I started working at a, a wine store for a little bit. That sounded more interesting to me. Now, it, for those of you that follow the Facebook page, you saw me posting about something that goes with this. Yes. We need to hear this. Yes, we, we will build to this. <laughs> so I started doing that for a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I liked it. It was interesting. But I, wanted to, I knew I wanted to go back to school. Right. I was like, what am I going to do with this English degree? Give me a teacher. Give me whatever. You know, right. I got to figure something out. Mm-hmm. So this time I start trying to figure out what, you know, that balance between practical and what you like. I like English. Yeah. I want to help people. I want to do something where I feel like I'm contributing and, and making people's lives better. Right. I've always liked to read. I really enjoyed libraries. Mm -hmm. Oh, you can do, you can get a degree in that. Oh, you can, I can do a job from that. You can get certified. <laughs> Certification is generally a good thing. Uh, yeah, I'd say so. So I started thinking, you know, do I want to work in public libraries or do I want to work in academia? That mm -hmm. sounds nice. I like, I like, yeah. I like research. I like studying. That made sense. Then I figured out that a lot of librarians in academia have second masters, a specialization, if you will. Okay. So we have Jessica here who does a lot of the arts and theater mm -hmm. and things like that, fine arts. Yep. Um, we have Rachel who specializes in the social sciences, some of those, so like psychology, business. So we all have librarians who kind of focus on different things. Yeah. So that's why I'm the humanities gang. Okay. So I decided to get a master's in English with already the plan that I would get a master's in library science after that. Okay. So I went to Valparaiso, mm -hmm. Northwest Indiana, not too yep. far from here. Um, that's where I got used to lake effect snow. <laughs> I'm from Southwest Michigan. Oh, yeah? I was born in South Bend, Indiana. Okay, gotcha. I so exactly. I, yeah. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. I, I feel like there was a November <laughs> where every day it snowed. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. A few years, probably. Probably, a couple. <laughs> so, yeah, at Valpo, um, that's where I took that Vietnam class. Mm -hmm. I did a lot of work with um, international students there. Okay. So part of the English and Communication Masters they have there, you can uh, specialize in TESOL. It's the teaching of English to speakers of other languages. Okay. I thought that sounded really cool. Yeah. I wanted to get involved. So I started doing that. And then we had a lot of international students there. A lot of Chinese students, a lot of Saudi students. Mm -hmm. They need help with their English. They need help with their writing. Right. Somebody started a graduate writing center specifically to help international students. Okay. I was the first one they hired. 
I helped get that set up. At one point, I managed it. Was doing scheduling,、mm-hmm. training for people. Really fun time. Like to this day, I can recognize someone's writing.、Uh, that's a Saudi student. That's probably a Chinese student. Wow. You interact with so many papers, and they, they,、right. their learning styles and their writing styles are different. There's just interesting cultural things that you pick on after、mm-hmm. a long time, but. It was so cool, like learning about them and becoming friends with them. Like one of, I still keep in touch with a guy from Yemen. Awesome time, like so、That's、cool、awful. to interact with other people and just、yeah. learn about each other. So like I'd have a guy like you know、uh, my friend Jawad said you were really helpful with my paper, so I'm here now. And like you know, so you start right building those connections on campus, and that was really really nice. Oh yeah. And so this writing center was also in the library at Falpo. Of course, further, <laughs> further telling me that I like being in this this place this is a sign. on a regular basis. Right, I could do this. I、mm-hmm. like this. So yeah, just further, just you know, further evidence that I was going、okay. down the right path. Yeah. So finished up at Valpo. Great time there. Took a little bit of more time.、Mm-hmm. Went back to the liquor store for a little bit. The wine store worked there for a little bit, and I want to do my library science degree. University of Illinois, Champaign-Urbana,、mm-hmm. Big Ten school, about an hour and a half away from Springfield, where I grew up. Okay, not perfect. bad. Perfect. It is the number one library science program in the country. Really, the best one. Okay. Been for a long time. Applied there, got in. I'll talk a little bit more about、mm-hmm. that. But the wine store I worked for was a chain called Friar Tuck. Okay. They had a location in Savoy, which is right outside Champaign-Urbana. So I was like. Talk to the owner. I was like, "Mark, I'm moving up there. Can I work there?"、Mm-hmm. Yo, dude, that's fine. <laughs> Go in there. Tell him I said they could hire you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I will do that. So that's、oh. how I got the. That's how I ended up working there while I was doing library school as well. Okay. So, I recently published an article on wine and librarianship and、mm-hmm. the connections and intersections between the genesis of this. My library, my letter of application to library school. Yep. I talked about the similarities between wine and librarianship in my letter of application to University of Illinois.、Mm-hmm. I don't imagine they have too many people talk about that. That would be very unique. You, you think so? <laughs> yeah, I would say so. <laughs> so、uh, let me let me try to go into more detail on that.、Um, working at the wine store, I'm a naturally curious person.、Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you'd be stocking shelves. Sometimes I run wine tastings.、Mm-hmm. Try a lot of different things. Yeah, we got a great store discount there, so I was able to try a lot of things I wouldn't have never been able to afford them. Right, ever, particularly as a college student and a、exactly. grad student. Not a lot of money. No, no, no. So I got to explore a lot of things. Okay, and that was. And if I were working the register、mm-hmm. and there was downtime, I would read the wine magazines、hmm. just for fun because I wanted to learn. Yeah. You know, so I started learning a little more and more about it. I started making these connections,、mm-hmm. thinking about how I'm going to make my letter of application to Illinois stand out. It's、right. the number one library school.、Exactly. A lot of people are going to want to apply. You know, they have that reputation.、Yep. They turn people away. It's, it's selective. Yeah. How am I going to stand out? You know. So I started thinking about there's a thing called reference. 
research help that we do in the library. Mm -hmm. So helping someone with their research questions. So yep. there's a thing called a reference interview. You ask them for clarification, why they need the information, okay. and why they're doing these things. I started doing those with my wine customers. What's the purpose of this bottle? Is it for a party? Is it for a gift? Huh. Thinking about the same concepts yep. there and how it interact with, with the person, with the patron. Mm -hmm. So making those connections, you know. So you want this for a party? Do you want this to age? You know, what, what, what are your goals here? Yeah. So I started already practicing librarianship in the wine store. That's awesome. Taking the yeah. ideas of librarianship and applying them to what I was doing there. That's one thing. Mm -hmm. Also, there's this concept called terroir. T-E-R-R-O-I-R. -R -R. It's a French word, essentially meaning like a sense of place. Okay. So uh, as far as wine would go, it would be the, the soil because the grapes are grown, right? Yep. So specific soil compositions, limestone, clay, things okay. like that, that all affects the grapes. It's all going to affect, you'll taste the terroir from a specific region wow. in France or in Germany. Mm -hmm. That's going to change the grapes. So you could oh. have the exact same type of grape. Yep, growing on one side of the river and on a different side, and you'll get different, different complexities because there's that terroir, the soil composition, wow, the light, all of those things. Mm -hmm. So essentially, it gives you a sense of place, a sense of time. Yep. You have different vintages. You know, a 2005 something will taste differently than a different vintage of the same thing. That reminded me of how a book or a story can yep. take you to a place to a certain time, really. Mm-hmm you know, really uh, evoke that sense of place and, and take you somewhere. So that was another reason I gave, thinking about the similarities there. Mm -hmm. There's another concept called provenance. That would be where something com comes from, tracking ownership of something, okay. where a source comes from, where did this data come from, oh. where did this information come, something uh -huh. you want to do in research. Exactly. As it relates to the wine world, it would be who produced this wine. Yep who's owned it for a long period of time. Because even in the higher in the higher echelons, the prices, you get counterfeit wines. Right. These things are worth thousands of dollars. People will, will, will falsify things. So mm -hmm. Provenance, very important in the wine world. And then you have things like archival material. Where did this come from? Who yep. produced it? Again, applying those same kind of concepts to what I'm doing. Yeah. Uh, totally unrelated subject matter. <sighs> Almost done. Oh man. <laughs> I wish you guys could see my jaw is like dropping right now. This is amazing. Connecting to terroir. There's mm -hmm. the appellation systems. A-P-P-E-L-L-A-T-I-O-N. Okay. It relates to Latin appellare. Okay. Um, basically meaning like to name. I think mm -hmm. if you look at, uh, if you're looking at your last name in Spanish, I believe it's apellido. So again, having that same Latin root. Yep. Appellation system. This is very important in the wine world. Mm-hmm. There are very specific places in France that produce wine, or, or California. California in general, right? Yep. And you have Sonoma, you have Napa. Within those larger regions, you have Sonoma Valley, you have Russian River Valley, mm -hmm. and then there are even smaller microclimates in there. So that terroir, that Pinot yep. Noir grown in Russian River, will taste completely differently than something grown in like San Luis Obispo yep. or Santa Lucia. Okay. All kinds of different things like that. So these classification systems, if you, if, and in Europe it's even more important because, so like Champagne, that region, very specific grapes can be grown there and called Champagne. Okay. Um, in Bordeaux, 
very specific grapes are grown there. You have uh, Cabernet Sauvignon, Merlot, Petit Verdot, Malbec. Mm-hmm. It can't call it a Bordeaux if it doesn't have those grapes in it. So it's gotcha. a way of verifying like, the quality of something. Yep. Um, and as far as like champagne goes, I, I am uh, pedantic. So when someone says they're drinking champagne, I'm like, is it actually from champagne? Because <laughs> if it's not from champagne, then it's not real champagne. <laughs> it's actually cava from Spain, or that's a Prosecco from Italy. <laughs> so like, that's fun for me to, oh, po- yeah. to poke around with mm-hmm. that. Um, so these classification systems, very similar to the Library of Congress classification system, which yep. is how we organize books in the library, right? Mm-hmm. So we have these larger categories, like the P's, which will be literatures and things like that. And then within them, it gets more and more specific. Yep. So it's the same kind of like classification system, oh. just applied to a different sort of thing. So wow. I talked about all of that in a very short letter <laughs> of application to library school. <laughs> Are there any books written on this subject? Because you might want to either add to that collection or start it. There, there. I don't believe there really are. There are. I know. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's in the back of my head. Oh yeah. For a while now, there are wine libraries. Those exist. Okay. Um, uh, University of California Davis has a great one. I, I, I kind of wrote that wine article and got in touch with some people there and have mm-hmm. talked with them and. This guy, Axel, Axel Borg, he's like the distinguished food and wine bibliographer of UC That just Davis. sounds like a distinguished person. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> and then Sonoma, Sonoma County, they have their own Sonoma wine library. Okay. So they'll keep like wine pamphlets, labels, all kinds of material, things creating, like related to the making of wine or grape growing, all kinds of things like that. So not a lot of people know those exist and oh. you know, it's... There's a whole weird world out there of things. And yeah. wine is really a multidisciplinary thing. You have the economics right. of it. You have the agricultural aspects. You have history that's involved, uh, chemistry, biology, all the genetic things. There's a lot of different things in there. So, yeah. This is just a good example of how, you know, you can take two completely unrelated things and yet, at the end of the day, you can trace them back to yeah. comparison and be like, Oh, wow, this is exactly like this. Right. And then so another thing I think about is people have been making wine for thousands of years. Yeah. Very much a long time. Oh, yeah. People have been telling stories, writing books, needing to tell stories and Mm -hmm. to get what they have written down, their memory, their legacy. Yeah. To tell stories, that's very much a primordial human aspect as well. So these things are very deeply ingrained in us. Oh, yeah. Like... They've been that way for thousands of years. So they're two building blocks of societies and, and of humanity. So it's just wow. really interesting to think about yes. and make those totally, total juxtaposition, total, completely different things that are very much connected. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just sitting here thinking, you know, as you're talking about this, you know, you were saying on Facebook that you, this is your first podcast, that you're sure. beyond everything. Yeah. Have you thought about doing a wine podcast? <laughs> that would be interesting. That would be amazing. I've never really even thought about that. That would be curious. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Because, I mean, you've got all this knowledge a good in idea. your head. <laughs> and it's like, yo, you just spit out all of this. Sure. Like, literally, you can do the history right. of this stuff. Talk, break it all down. Mm-hmm. Review wines. Like, right. 
talk about the different connections yeah, that exactly. could be an episode like one aspect and mm -hmm. expand upon that yeah uh that guy actually mentioned he even mentioned a uh there's this old medieval work that's about reading and and education mm -hmm. uh, by i think it's um hugh of saint hugh of saint victor i think uh and then there's a social critic, Ivan Illich, it's called, uh, wrote a book about that called In the Vineyard of the Text. And in it, he talks about scholarship being like a vineyard mm -hmm. and librarians like tending the vines. Yep. And it kind of works in a sense like a pagina or pagina, meaning like page. Okay. That also can refer to, to vine. So okay. you have the same kind of flip-flop connections yep. there. It's really interesting to like dig. The further I dig into it, the more weird stuff I find. As with any subject. Right. But that's wow. really curious. And so I even got interviewed by the University of Illinois. So the number one library school in the country. Wow. They wanted to interview me and talk to me about that wine article. Mm -hmm. And just I got to sure why i did that yep. and just you know what my thought process was and they were like we can't wait to to show potential students yeah. like this and talk to them about it and just you know show that you can do a lot of weird stuff relating to libraries yeah. and it's very interesting and, and you know to all of our listeners especially you know if we have any students who are listening to this sure like keep this sort of thing in the back of your head for grad school or yes. any sort of application that you're going to be filling out. Right. You don't have to just focus on like the, what you're applying for. Like you didn't have to just focus on this is why you should hire me for, or like accept, accept me for me. school. Yeah. Like you took something that you are very passionate about mm -hmm. and just compared it to this. And yeah, like you were saying, how many people do that? I don't think very many. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But I mean, you know, like, seriously, for everyone listening, like, if you have a passion mm -hmm. and you need to, you know, write a paper, make an application, whatever, like, yes. tie your passion into it and show that you're passionate about it. Right. That'll, people will connect with you more if you exactly. share some of yourself. It'll be more interesting. And it stands out. Exactly. And that's really important. Mm -hmm. A lot of people will be doing similar things that you're doing. We'll have comparable right. educations, comparable experiences. How can you stand out from that crowd? Exactly. How can you show that you're thinking about it in a different way? That's really important for any application, any job. Yeah. you got to stand out. Exactly. You won't always just be better. You know, you won't always just be better. You have to... Right. To show it and display it in kind of different ways. So huh. definitely think about that. Man. <laughs> I know, it's so weird. This right? is this is amazing. All right. People don't think about wine when they think about librarians. <laughs> no, well, I mean, no, no I would think about you know, sitting back with like a little scotch glass. Oh sure. Yeah. I would never think about sitting there with reading wine labels and be in the study, you know, exactly. wearing a cardigan. <laughs> Got the pipe. Right. <laughs> oh, man, we could talk about this all day, That's, but... We've, we're, we've skirted the surface. Oh, That's God. it. So, all right, you're out of college. That's true. Let's go to yeah. right after what happens. Right after. Um, finish at University of Illinois. Yep. Take a little bit of time. Start the job search. Right. I'm pretty much to that point in my life. 
I'll take a job anywhere. I just want to get hired, get some experience. Exactly. Right? That's what you yep. have to do. You have to be flexible. I want to work in a very specific field. Mm -hmm. Academic librarian. There aren't an infinite number of jobs there. Exactly. There are only so many colleges, only so many universities. And again, a lot of people who have comparable experiences in education. Yep. So uh, I see a job for Denison University in Ohio. Okay. I don't know much about it at all. Mm -mm. It's a visiting position, meaning okay. it'll be one year. Yep. Um, I think, you know what? I'll take a job for a year. That's I just experience. Want experience. Yeah. It's Ohio, it's near Columbus. About 30 minutes outside Columbus, that'll be nice, you mm -hmm. know, about seven hours from home, it's not terrible. No. It's just, it's in the good driving distance. Yeah, I'll apply. Mm -hmm. So I, uh, I get a phone interview and it goes really well and, and they call back and they're like, you know, we just want to remind you it's for one year only. Mm -hmm. We're thinking about bringing people on campus next week. So it's usually a multi-day process to to, right. to interview at, at places like this. So you do the phone interview and then you get invited to it on campus if you're lucky. Yep. I say that's fine. I would, I'm still very interested. Yeah. Ended up getting invited to go to campus. Never been to this university. Haven't heard much of it at all. At that point, I start doing some research on it. Mm -hmm. Oh, this is like one of the top 50 liberal arts colleges in the country. Oh, they have a billion dollar endowment and 3,000 students. Oh. This might be very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is a really, really good school. Yeah. Yeah. Like wow. one of the top two, you know, top two or three in Ohio, which has mm -hmm. tons of colleges. You got Oberlin yeah. and Kenyon and then Denison. Yeah. I didn't know anything about it at all. I've heard of Oberlin. Yeah. But I'd never heard of Denion or Denison. So I go there. It's Granville, Ohio. It's like the cutest college town I've ever seen <laughs> in my life. Holland's very, very nice. I like it quite a bit. Yeah. Denison's like modeled, or Granville's modeled after like a, a town of the same name in New England. So a lot of their architecture is New England architecture. Okay. So really pretty, beautiful. Oh, yeah. Really small town. Mm -hmm. Smaller than Holland. Pretty small. Wow. And then you have this big, beautiful campus that's up on a hill. Oh. So you have, there's always that, um, that image of the, the city on the hill, yep. the college on the hill, right? Mm -hmm. So it fits that. It's oh. just beautiful. The library has these beautiful columns out front. Really cool place. I'm like, oh, I really like this. Oh, yeah. Do the interview process, going really well. Mm -hmm. Doing good. I get to the end. One of my, uh, oh, I'll share this. Go out to dinner first when you arrive. Okay. Dinner with the search committee. Meeting them, and, and one, of the, one of the guys comes in, and he's like, so uh, how was the West Virginia Turnpike? I drove there from Illinois. Yeah. I did not go on the West Virginia Turnpike. <laughs> I'm like, this guy doesn't know who I am. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Which was okay, because I apparently didn't know who he was either, because I called him Eli when his name was Earl. <laughs> you got the first letter right. <laughs> Pretty close. <laughs> okay. So we both kind of laugh about both of those things. I'm like, all right, we're getting along well. This yeah. is interesting. And okay. And throughout dinner, he's kind of making fun of me a little bit. You know, he's like, oh, you Illinois boys have real shiny shoes. <laughs> okay. What an odd thing to say, Earl. <laughs> So that's the night before. Go uh -huh. through the interview process the whole next day. You know, it lasts okay. from 8 a.m. to 5. You meet everyone on campus. It's exhausting. It's the entire day. Meeting so many people, you're on the entire time. Yep. It's a long time to be on. At the very end, it's a, it's a final interview with search committee. Earl's like, I have a gift for you. This is curious. I don't believe you hmm. often receive gifts during interview no. processes. 
I'm suspecting this might be good. <laughs> it's a pocket knife. A Halloween pocket knife. Hmm. I interviewed in October, so I'm guessing that's where the Halloween thing comes yeah. from. But I didn't talk about pocket knives at all. Right. I didn't own any. <laughs> Earl's just a unique character. And it sounds like <laughs> gave me a pocket knife before I finished interviewing. And I was like, I think I might get this job. <laughs> it would be really weird to receive a gift from somebody right. while you're interviewing. So fast forward a couple weeks, mm -hmm. get a call. They're like, thought you're great. Do you want the job? So I'm moving awesome. to Ohio real quick after that. Yeah. Since then, Earl's given me about 12 other pocket knives. <laughs> I'm not being hyperbolic at all. Where does... Why? <laughs> he just likes to get gifts. He's from Kentucky. He likes knives and hunting, and he's a good old boy at heart. Okay. He's an absolute genius. Mm -hmm. He's in charge of their entire book buying budget, so in charge of like a million dollars each yeah. year, how things are spent, a lot of things to keep track wow, of. Wow, yeah. Super smart guy. Absolutely. Hilarious. Quirky, obviously. <laughs> Sounds like it. But yeah, he's continued to give me knives to this day. I now have a pocket knife collection that I have no interest in at in the beginning. <laughs> it's awesome. continually grown. I have, yeah. I have different years of that same Halloween knife. So I have a 2013 one all the way through a 2018. <laughs> all slightly different. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Just really, really interesting. There I meet... The guy who cons I consider my mentor, Joshua Finnell, also a librarian okay. from Peoria, Illinois, very close to where I grew up as well. Oh, okay. So we connect over that. Right. Absolutely good friends to this day. He's helped me so much in life. Mm -hmm. He's a super smart guy. He worked at the Los Alamos National Laboratory Library in New Mexico. Wow. He works at Colgate in New York, which is a wonderful college up there. Mm -hmm. His wife, Anne, is a, a, a pretty much famous writer at this point. Her books, you, you see them in like airport bookstores. Really? Yeah. Both really, really great people, wow. really nice, and mm -hmm. I'm really good friends with them, and just made a lot of really good connections there. And so Denison is a private liberal arts college. Mm -hmm. That was the first time I'd ever really experienced that environment. I really, really liked it. Yeah. Same like hope, same size. Right. You, you see people around campus, exactly. you make that community connections. It's really, really nice. Mm-hmm. I knew I wanted to continue working in that kind of field. Yeah. So from there, my year is almost up. I'm, I'm job searching at that point. I loved my time in Ohio. I walked to work every day. I legitimately saw deer every day. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. Oh yeah. But I'm look. So I had to look for something else. Um, I ended up taking a job in Minnesota, St. Mary's University in Minnesota. Oh, how many St. Mary's universities? There's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> There's a wow. lot. Yeah. Okay. So they take that job. It's in Winona, Minnesota. Okay. It's a Winona writer. Her parents named her after that because she grew up in this weird commune right outside of there. It's directly on the Mississippi River. All right. You have these bluffs. Mm -hmm. It's part of the Driftless region, which is an area where the uh, the, the uh, glacial drifts did not touch. So you actually have a lot of hills and elevation. Wow. So you have these bluffs that go up and down the river, like actual elevation in the Midwest. That's amazing. Beautiful, absolutely oh, beautiful. Oh, sure. So I take the job there. I mm -hmm. make, make a lot of really good friends to this day who I still keep in touch with. I'm there for like, I think about three years, three or four, something like that. Mm -hmm. um, it's a Catholic school, so that was interesting. I grew up Methodist. Um, 
interesting learning those different perspectives. Oh, yeah. Um, and just, you know, I'm a curious person. Yeah. So I do that for a few years, have a really good time, get to do some travel for work, things like that. But I'm also the only one who does any teaching there. Okay. So I do teaching for business courses there, which we've already established that are not my favorite. Right. I do organic chemistry there. Wow. Like how to do research in organic chemistry. I have English degrees. <laughs> That's opposite of the spectrum. So I had to learn a lot of things that are oh, not yeah. in my wheelhouse. And I'm a better librarian for it. Exactly. But I would prefer to do humanities things. Oh, yeah. So I'm there for a couple of years, just want to you know, get a consistent job and get yep. more experience. And uh, a couple times I've seen jobs at Hope pop up and I was like, oh, that place looks cool. You know, mm -hmm. I'll keep an eye out You know, in the future. Maybe something will pop up again. Yep. And eventually I see a humanities librarian job open up and <laughs> apply. I've been here for enough time. <laughs> I want to apply. Yeah. Start interviewing process. They're in the rare book room, which is beautiful. Looks like a very nice place. Uh, it starts to sound like we, we fit, we'd be a good fit together. Mm -hmm. um, and that matters to me, you know? Right. Exactly. Who you work with, you spend a lot of time there. Yeah. And you're all people. You need to be able to get along with them. And, mm -hmm. and that matters. So I, there were a lot of good good feelings and vibes coming from our private liberal arts. All made sense. Research heavy. Sounded very good to me. Um, oh, yeah. Ended up getting invited to campus. It was a long interview here. I got in on, I think, a Wednesday. Okay. Met Todd for the yep. first time. Todd's the boss of the, the research and instruction division here. Okay. He says he'll be the guy wearing a, a, a toque, which I was unaware. That meant a, a hat, a winter hat. Todd is Canadian. I forgot he was Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> and they use the word toque. Yep. So once I figured that out, I spotted him. Mm -hmm. We went to, to dinner at, at New Holland. Okay. The brewing. Um, I think I think we had I think beer had come up at that point. I I'm interested in all of those things. Mm -hmm. So we, we started getting along really well there, and I was like, oh, this is cool. Like, that guy's going to be my boss. Like, right. He's a really cool guy, super smart, you know, knows what he's doing. This is, this, this is all going well. Yeah. So you start with that dinner, and that, the interview process has started at that point. Yeah. You're meeting with your potential boss. Mm -hmm. It's just dinner, but it's part of the interview, too. Next day, so it's, that's, that's day one of the interview. Next day, Meet everyone on campus. Meet the president. Yep. Meet the new provost. So I met with Nap. I met with the new provost. I met all people all across campus. Met everyone at the library. Okay. Talked to faculty. Uh, two history professors, Wayne Tan and mm -hmm. Jean Petit, met with me and talked with me about that. So I got to meet some professors, and that was really cool. Okay. Talked with a director. That goes from like eight to five. That's another all day long thing. Wow. I'm still not done. Right. Friday comes around. Then I have to do my teaching presentation. Okay. That's in the morning. So I do my teaching presentation on literary criticism research. Mm -hmm. I created a fictional class that was about graphic novels. Okay. I did uh, some of my uh, research and work on graphic novels and theories of posthumanism which is a literary theory, kind of mm -hmm. decentering the human from the, the, the study of things. Yep. So looking more at animal rights, disability, mm -hmm. things like that, eco-criticism. So I kind of make up a class and an assignment relating to that. I talk about this guy called Jakob von Uexkoll, who I mentioned mm -hmm. earlier, his theory of Umwelt, which is essentially that 
different organisms in the same environment experience reality differently. So I think the oh, example yeah. he gives is fleas. They see light, they see heat. Yep. They're in the same environment as, as us, but they're experiencing it in totally different ways. Right. So I reference a very specific graphic novel called We Three, okay. where some animals are turned into basically cyborg uh, tools of war by the government. Okay. So within that, I talk about literary theories. I talk about philosophical connections like to Immanuel Kant. Mm -hmm. I talk about historical things. I'm basically knocking off all of these different humanities aspects with relation to research. Yeah, it was very planned out. It was something oh, yeah. I enjoyed and liked and something yeah. people wouldn't often think about. I do a great job with that. Really Good. awesome. Yep. Still not done. Hope is so nice in that they connect you with a realtor. <laughs> <laughs> so now I meet up with Rick, who's going to okay. give me a tour of Holland. And I know the interview isn't over with. I'm sure they're going to talk to Rick afterwards. Oh, yes, I would. Yeah. So I'm still not able to turn off. I'm still on. Uh -huh. Also, I haven't received a lunch at this point. Oh. <laughs> My flight's at like three, so I need to be like, or three or four, so I need to be at the airport at like two. Mm -hmm. There's no scheduled lunch happening. <laughs> I'm so tired. <laughs> I'm so hungry. Rick is showing me around Holland. I'm just like, oh my God, I need to eat. And I have to, be, I have to talk and be social and nice. And yeah, I'm still on. Like, I don't know if I can do this. I make it through. Mm -hmm. Goes great. I eventually hear back that Rick, Rick was like, I thought you were the best candidate. You were the most social. You got along really well with us. I knew you would be the right one. So I, even in, even with the, having no food that day, yep. being on the third day, cranky, tired, hungry, <laughs> I still did an awesome job. Wow. So then I think a couple of, I, then I finally get to go home. <laughs> and then a couple weeks later, I get a, I get a job offer and I jump at it. Oh yeah. It sounded great. That's awesome. Absolutely. So it was a process. And I'm sitting here thinking about my interview process, and it was sitting down at the office with Laura and Fred for like 30 minutes, and then, all right, well, we'll call you. Right. And three days. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, I mean, they, they, they put you through the ringer, but it's all for a good purpose because, again, you know, you're investing in this person, exactly. and, they're, and I'm investing in them and in hope, and yeah. they want to make sure it's a good fit. And seeing how people interact with other people and, and how they carry themselves and, mm -hmm. and all those things. You gotta, oh, yeah. you know, you interact with those people eight hours of the day, potentially. Yeah. You want to make sure you get along. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. And now I'm here. This is, my, here. this is my second year. Second year. Yeah. Okay. So I'm still fairly new. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. So. Yeah, because I graduated 17. Okay. So you would have started right after I left. Right after then, yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. So, okay. <laughs> well, I almost asked you something, but I'm going to save that for the end. All right, fair enough. Um, is there a missus? Uh, I am not married. <laughs> I, I do have a girlfriend. Okay. Um, it, it's fairly recent. Uh, I really like her very much. Uh, her name is Leanne. She's uh, my neighbor's sister, which is how we met. Okay. Um, she's actually in Kentucky. She's doing her, her doctorate. She's already a registered nurse. Oh, wow. She's getting her doctorate in, uh, in nursing research as well. So I actually just visited her in Kentucky last weekend. Okay. Yeah, it was very cool. She's at University of Kentucky. Mm -hmm. Speaking of basketball again. Yeah. It's a bit of a thing down there. 
A little bit. There's someone interested. But yeah. Okay. So it's it's been going great, and I'm very excited about her and all the possibilities. So has she been? Like to campus? She's not been to campus. Okay. She's been to Holland. Yep. Uh, her family was doing a vacation. They had a, like Airbnb to a house. Okay. Uh, kind of a little bit like around Tunnel Park area. Okay. And so yep. they, they invited me out there. Ended up meeting her and just kind of, you know, things went from there. Okay. Yeah. So she's, she's, uh, their family's from like uh, Fenton, Michigan. Yep. Um, she's lived in Grand Rapids. Obviously her, her neighbor, uh, I live in Grand Rapids. Um, yep. So yeah, there's there's connections there. Uh, yeah, we're that's gonna be a shock when she comes here from UK to <laughs> a little bit smaller. Yeah, just a little bit. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So, have you had a time to travel? Yeah, to get out very much. Um, okay. I've so in undergrad, I I studied abroad twice. Okay. Just summer programs. I did a, a yeah. summer in Limerick, Ireland. So far on the west coast of Ireland. Nice. I, I went surfing while I was in Ireland. Not something people. I was. Gonna, I don't associate that with Ireland. <laughs> no, not at all. You can go surf there. You need. You need a suit. It's no, a we, cool. Yeah. Really cool experience. I'd never surfed before. Never ever thought I would surf right. in Ireland. No. My first time. <laughs> How weird is that? That's awesome though. Very cool. Loved it. I've been back since. Mm-hmm. I also did a, a, a summer in Barcelona. Barcelona. If you will so in spain beautiful i was there i think oh, for yeah. like one of the hottest summers on record of course so it was quite toasty oh yeah but like my metro stop there was like the sagrada familia which is like one of their it's this huge church that's still unfinished beautiful okay. so like one of their main landmarks and so mm-hmm. i'd see that every day as my metro stop like so it's like right i don't know like in like uh the Liberty Bell is your metro stop, or like the, the okay. Eiffel Tower, yeah, or something. So you just see this, you know, beautiful thing every day. And, and Barcelona was beautiful, beautiful beaches. Traveled around Spain a little bit more once the program was done. Mm-hmm. I've been to England a couple times. Um, the summer I was in France and Iceland. Okay, uh, you can do a stopover in Iceland. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did three nights there. Absolutely mind blowing. Throw a rock, you'll hit a waterfall. Honestly. Wow. Like, honestly. Throw it, throw it over your shoulder. Oh, I hit a waterfall. Throw it over there, hit a waterfall. That's awesome. Absolutely beautiful. Um, I've been to Belgium. Mm-hmm. I've been to the Netherlands. Montreal. For work, I get to go to Guadalajara, Mexico. There's okay. a, one of the, the largest Latin there. Spanish language book fairs in the world occurs there. So as someone who works with the languages department, I will go there and purchase materials. That's awesome. And it's subsidized by the American Library Association. So they pay for my registration, $200 off my flights. They pay for the hotel. You have to apply to get this. Oh, yeah. You get an award. So you have to try to get it, but I've been lucky to get it multiple times. Nice. So I get to go to Mexico for work. And I'm like, how cool is that? Mm-hmm. Like travel to Guadalajara, second largest city in Mexico. Normally people go to Cancun, yeah. you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. No, yeah. But get to go to a real city. It's at like mile high elevation and I'm there for work and I'm there to buy books. And so I'll buy a bunch of books and ship them back. And they're things you can't typically get here. They're hard to find. And I'll buy some things for the curriculum collection. So yep. children's books and, you know, those things are good to have. And okay. other things that faculty recommend for me. So I'll be going again in, uh, in November. And it's absolutely beautiful. 
and then I'll stay for a couple of days afterwards mm -hmm. and, and do some hiking and things on my own. Nice. I went to the town of Tequila last year. It's an actual place. That's where Tequila comes from. Yep. That was wild. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I went to. You know, I did presentation last year on Game of Thrones. At the Popular Culture Association conference, that is amazing. I get I get to do things like that. I've done a presentation on True Detective in New Orleans at the Popular Culture. Mm -hmm. So I get to travel for research and work. Wow! And then why I went to France is this still sounds crazy to me, even though it's been going on for a decade at this point. My mm -hmm. my family owns a apartment in northern France. Really? In the Brittany area. Okay. Yeah. So kind of towards Normandy and those mm -hmm. things. Um, so way up north there. So half the year my parents are in France. And oh so I have a place to stay if I want to go over there anytime. We own it. That's it's awesome. Ours. And it's right on the sea. Mm -hmm. It has like the third largest tidal difference in the world. So in the morning, beach is just covered in water. Mm -hmm. Afternoon, you can walk out to these islands. It's that drastic of a difference. Oh, wow. It's crazy. <sighs> People get stuck out on them sometimes. Very expensive to get rescued. Don't do that. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> and so the town is uh, Saint Malo. Um, this was actually bombed heavily during World War II. Oh, okay. Uh, there was a miscommunication. The Allies thought there were a lot of German troops there. There were not. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so they bombed the heck out of it. Yeah. Town rebuilt itself exactly like it was. Really? It's a walled city. My parents live within Ooh. the walls. So there's a small Samalo and there's the larger outskirts once you're outside the walls. Yeah. So it's a, a minute long walk to the walls and you can just stare out into the ocean. Oh. Absolutely beautiful. It's like not real. That sounds amazing. So I like books, I like reading. The yeah. reason my parents even went to this area is they read a book mm -hmm. called the Guernsey Potato Peel Society which is about World War II and this island of Guernsey and island of Jersey that are very nearby. Okay. They just read that book, thought it sounded very interesting, ended up visiting the area, were trying to find something to invest in during like 08 when the, yep. the market was really bad. Yep. Ended up buying a place over there. That's how they ended up there. After it's funny book how things like that happen. <laughs> so you can see books kind of... A, I was going to say, it, books just work their way into your life. Yep. They have consistently formulated a lot of aspects of my life. That is amazing. Wow. Yeah, it's not real to me still. No, like as you're saying, I'm just painting the picture in my mind. Yeah. That's... And wow. so there's a book that I think it won the Pulitzer National Book Award. It's called All the Light We Cannot See. Okay. I remember being at my old library and ordered some books and we'd look at the book card to look see which one new ones came in and mm -hmm. I remember looking at that book I didn't know much about it and I was like I recognize that city it takes place in Saint Malo <laughs> <laughs> I, so I'm like I recognize that city right and then I looked at it I was like oh my god this takes place in the, the city where my parents have a place wow how weird is that <laughs> that's wow I know it's really odd <laughs> All right. Yeah. So that's, you know, that's, yeah. I love to travel. I love to that's have adventures like. and explore and just always want to learn and experience things, you know. I think that's what life's about. Exactly. And it's just weird, I guess, for me that you have these opportunities to do it when, you know, year round, this building is open, you know, yeah. even in the summers. 
You're still hoping May term, June term. It's true. Yeah. I do not get summers off. No. We get a good amount of time, and yeah. it helps a great, great institution to work for in, in that regard in a number of ways. But, yeah, I still... There are there are ways and things if you if you work hard and can can travel for work and it's hard to imagine something better than that you exactly. know and you're you're still doing your job and helping and making efforts but you get to meet new people and experience new cultures and yeah. that's what it's about exactly wow all right well you know to wrap this up one thing I want you to do just sure. think back to your freshman year. Okay. College self, write yourself a uh, little letter. <laughs> a letter. Oh man, what would I say? I think something that's really important for for college students: get involved. Yeah. Take advantage of the opportunities you have in college. You will lose them afterwards unless you go and become an academic librarian or work for Hope. Like True. That. Yeah. You can then you can still get some of those things. Yeah. But. Take advantage of the opportunities there. Build those connections. Get involved. You're paying for all of this. I always tell students, figure out how to make the library work for you. You're paying for it. Come here and mm -hmm. sleep. Come here and get away from your roommate. Yeah. Or study. You know. But figure out how to make these things that are available to you work for you. Get involved in clubs. Make those connections. Those can help out a ton in life. Be involved as much as possible. Yeah. That's how you get as much out of it as, as you can. And that's if you do that, take care of your schoolwork, you'll be sitting very, very well. Yeah. Uh, all your jobs, everything you're gonna apply for, it's about how you interact with other people, learning to communicate, learning to work with others. And the ways to do that are to get involved, work with groups, yep. expand your horizons, get to know other people. That's mm -hmm. what life's all about. And going to college, it's like the best time to do those things. You're really figuring out who you are, what exactly. you wanna be. Interacting with others and experiencing new things—that's so important for that. Yeah. So I would just tell myself, be more involved. <laughs> You're gonna get there eventually, right? But if you do these things now, it'll make it a lot easier. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And final thing before we wrap this up, sure. I want you to rate your life on a scale of one to five. One being okay. This is nothing that I thought it would be. Okay. Five being everything I thought. Oh man. <laughs> that's tough I don't know if I ever pictured myself it, not initially you know that right. I'd be a, yeah. a, a librarian who <laughs> likes to write about wine <laughs> and street art and graffiti and like yeah. talk about Game of Thrones and get paid to do that and like right. paid to research these things so maybe a three right in the middle like because okay. I don't know I knew I'd I knew I wanted to do something that was helpful and good but I also never expected to live in Michigan. Right. Or to be a hope or the Dutch ep epicenter of the universe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or in, in the North America, you know? Mm -hmm. So I don't know, maybe a two. Okay. Like things are great and I love my job and yeah. I love where, I love my life right now. Absolutely. I'm, I'm so happy. But I don't think I really expected a lot of these things either. Right. You know? Mm hmm. So oh. yeah, I don't know. Okay. Maybe the closer to the two to one. But in a good way. Exactly. Like pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Like, who knew I could do these things and make right. a living just from liking books? And who knew right. that would send me down this pathway? Exactly. All these different ways. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, oh my God. <laughs> my mind is just like blown right now. Yeah. And 
in an hour and three minutes Ooh, right now. Wow. It doesn't feel like it. No. It feels like and I feel, I hope like you guys that are listening haven't been sitting there like just counting the seconds. Like I hope this flew by for you guys too. I hope so too. Because this was, can we just call you Hope's most interesting thing? <laughs> <laughs> Only if I get to do commercials. <laughs> well, we're at drag campus, so no, we can't do those we'll, We won't do those. <laughs> or wine commercials. We'll figure something out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, Mike, thank you so much for coming on, man. Nick, it was an absolute pleasure. Dude, this was awesome. I think this is such a cool idea, such a great project, and wanted to help, absolutely. No thank question, you. no hesitation. Awesome. Well, guys, you've been listening to an amazing episode. I mean... I don't. I might even turn this into a two-parter. I don't know, <laughs> man. But thank you guys so much for sticking through to the end. And also, I forgot to say at the beginning. I hope you guys like the new music. I I don't know if you know this or you guys are listening. In mm. Boars' episode, I had no intro music. Okay. I thought I was using a song. They call it, I think, like Pod Safe music. It's royalty-free music, okay. but you can use it on podcasts. Gotcha. There's some royalty-free that you can't use. Sure. So I was using that. Anchor wasn't putting anything on the other sites. Oh. And so I was like, okay, you know, I'll take this music out for this episode and just see. Well, right, be- right as I was uploading that episode, mm-hmm. I got the notification from Anchor. Oh, you're on this oh. site now. So I'm like, I need music. So I went on to... It's called Soundtrap.com. It is a free music mixing site. Okay. And if you guys want to check this out, like, seriously, go for it. It's very easy to use. I used, they give you pre-made loops. I used two. And that's how I made this. It's about a 30-second song. And just, you know, something that I wanted to kind of capture the feeling. Because this is, you know... We're sitting in a small room. Yeah. You know, we're not in a special studio. We're not. Right. You know, we're just wherever we can do this, just where we can be, sit down, be comfortable. Yeah. Like, so I just want to make music that capture that feel. So, you know, if you guys enjoyed this, it'll be both intro and here in a little bit. Please let me know. Cool. And also, while I'm saying please let me know, please follow this page. Facebook, Tales of Hope Podcast. Instagram and Twitter, at Tales of Hope Pod. YouTube, Tales of Hope Podcast. Anchor on the app, search Tales of Hope, or go to the website, anchor.fm slash Tales of Hope. All of your support is greatly appreciated. This podcast is, I would say, starting to take off. When I started it, I sent out the emails to, you know, staff that I knew. Sure. And I just said, you know, here's what I want to do. Would you be interested? Two people said yes. Mm-hmm. Coach Mo, Coach Mitchell. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know what? That's two people. This is a start. That's a great start. I was just thinking about it. With, also I did that spotlight on my friend Aaron at the start of this. From those three, I believe I now ha- will have ten people lined up to do interviews. Yes. That's amazing. Dude, it's totally blown up. I know. And like even, you know, the Instagram page, it's not followed just by students or faculty staff. We have, I 
have noticed Medici up on the north side of Holland at the, re the pizza restaurant. Mm -hmm. They follow us. They've been liking our right, stuff. Cool. Campus ministries, events and conferences, dining, nice. worship, they all follow us. Oh. Like this, my dream was to get this to all corners of hope. And it's happening. You're doing it. And like, I'm just sitting here just kind of trying to hold it together because I'm just like, this is, this is amazing. It's beautiful. And so it's like, you know, I'm looking at it on Anchor. We have 21 total views mm -hmm. or listens among the five episodes. Mm -hmm. You know, YouTube, I was just looking at that. Boris's episode that I got posted last week only has eight views. Yeah. But the fact that, you know, there are people that are listening to it. There are people that are viewing this like, this is amazing. Yeah. I mean, I'm a janitor at Hope College. You know, I, I hate to say it, but like, I'm not some well-known person. I'm no Coach Morehouse. I'm no Coach Mitchell. You probably, you know, unless you know who I am, you couldn't pick me out on the sidewalk. Mm -hmm. And here you people are listening to me. You're making the decision, the effort to listen to something you're creating. Exactly. And that's beautiful. Yeah. So, you know, to everyone, thank you so much for the support. And, you know, I always end this. You can be a research librarian like Mike. <laughs> you can be a janitor like myself. You can be a student. You can be anybody in this world. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you're from. You have a tale to tell, and you deserve to have your life heard. So please, do not feel like you are any less than you are. Because you are a human being, you matter just as much as anyone else. This is Nick McNamara. You have been listening to the Tales of Hope podcast.